Welcome to this, our first ever episode of Empowering Wellness. Here we introduce the pillars of health, which are areas of your lifestyle you can change to make a positive impact on your well-being. You're listening to Empowering Wellness, a podcast which explores pathways to health and well-being. As certified health coaches, Annette and Laura view the pillars of health, nutrition, exercise, sleep, stress management and community through a lifestyle change lens. Their aim is to inform, encourage, motivate and empower you to make the most of your health potential. Now, here are your hosts, Annette Ford from Activating Wellness and Laura Hahn from WellPower One. Hi, Laura. How are you today? Oh, hi, Annette. I'm really well, thank you. And uh, enjoying some balmy Melbourne weather, which uh, yeah, I think is taking a turn for the worse this weekend, but so far so good. Yeah, we're working from distance uh, today, listeners, because I'm in Sydney and Laura is uh, in Melbourne. So we're hopeful that this will all turn out well. We'll do our best, Annette. <laughs> And what we're going to talk today about are the pillars of health, and that's uh, the areas that health coaches can help people in. So there are, mm, confusing, uh, traditionally we've talked about four pillars of health, but there's a new one that's come in that people are paying a lot of attention to, and we'll include that one as well. So Laura, did you want to um, list off these pillars? Love to, Annette. Um, so, yes, there's the four traditional ones of nutrition and diet, um, exercise and movement, sleep um, and relaxation or stress management. And then um, more recently, the additional element of community and being connected. They're the, the five that, that we um, would be covering as health coaches. Absolutely, yes. And we, we don't get on our soapbox and tell people what to do in that space, but we're trained to be, have knowledge in background areas of this and we can give people some information if they're after it mm -hmm. uh, about a variety of things in all of these areas. So that's that's the value of, of working with a health coach on your health and well-being. So, Laura, do you have a favourite? Um, look, it changes all the time, I've got to say, Annette. I guess given that they are pillars, uh, it's not, um, you know, you wouldn't want to do without any one of them. But also, having said that, I think that no matter where you start with them, you know, working on one pillar, improving your habits in a particular area is going to help all of them ultimately. And I do like the ones that you can control. You know, you have control over your diet choices um, and your nu nutrition. So I do like that as a starting point, mm. um, whereas it can be a little bit harder to actually control your sleep. You can you can make changes that will help it, but um, I, I do like to start with the things that you can actually manage and directly impact. So that might be nutrition or it might be something like exercise and movement. Mm. Um, I guess, you know, you have a particular interest probably in um, some of these things in particular. Sleep is, is one of them. Um, but I also am really interested in, in your view in terms of um, diet and nutrition and how you approach that with your clients. Mm. And it, it is a huge subject. Um, we can't go into it in a lot of detail today, but we will in future podcasts. 
Um, the way I look at, at diet and nutrition, the first step is just eat real food. There's a lot of highly processed foods out there that we should not be eating. They're, they're not, they're not healthy for us and they're causing a lot of health issues, um, right across the Western world. Uh, and we really do need to uh, make some changes in that space. So as a first step, you know, get rid of the highly processed uh, stuff from your diet and, and try and eat, you know, the good quality protein, which I see is meat, fish, eggs, uh, dairy, if you can tolerate it. Um, some people can tolerate legumes and they can be helpful as well. So in that space, but lots and lots of fruit and veg um, and some good quality carbs. That's the just eat real food mantra. And of course, underneath that sits a whole bunch of, of other sub diets, if you like, um, that will suit some people and not others. And that's another area that health coaching can help in. How about you? Absolutely. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think that, you know, when people talk and think about diets, it can bring up some pretty negative connotations. But we are really talking about what is your diet, not necessarily imposing a diet on anyone. That's kind of where I come from as well. And eating whole foods that um, your body recognises as food is a great starting point. And drinking lots of water is also Absolutely. part of that. Filtered water. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> How many litres? Uh, I do about two a day, a little bit more when I'm exercising. Uh, so, um, yeah, really important. And I usually add a bit of minerals to it as well. So uh, that's uh, a little bit of extra support I get there. Awesome. We probably should keep moving because yes. this, this can get into a very long yes. subject and we don't want to keep our listeners hanging too long. Yep. Um, so I'm going to go with my favourite now. and My favourite is sleep because uh, it does impact every system of your body. Um, there's so much research now being done and so much more being understood. Scientists used to think that when you were asleep, your body was not doing anything. And quite the opposite, it does quite a lot. All the rest and repair that goes on when you're sleeping, uh, it's hugely important, uh, important for maintaining weight, important for um, mental clarity, energy, your ability to exercise and move. As Laura said earlier, there's really not one pillar that doesn't impact another pillar. So yeah, sleep is, is the one that um, I'm most enamoured with. Uh, but, yeah, I'm fully behind all the pillars. Absolutely. What's your view on sleep there, Laura? Um, I think that it, as someone who has struggled with sleep mm. um, in some, you know, phases of my life, um, I, I agree with you completely and the impact that it can have, even, you know, for the loss of um, a small, you know, amount of sleep on a daily basis can have such a big impact on our health and well-being. So um, I, you know, think that it's something that we should really focus on and um, do what we can in terms of our habits and um you know, set ourselves up for success as much as possible with sleep. Absolutely. And yeah. and then I was going to say to you, because there are differing views, I guess, on how much sleep we should get, say, as an adult, healthy, normal, um, you know, middle-aged adult, what would you mm -hmm. say for sleep needs? Uh, from what I'm reading, and mostly I follow the work of Dr Matthew Walker in this space, he says that the average person should sleep between seven and nine hours a night. Um, that doesn't mean one, one night you sleep seven and the next night you sleep nine. It should be similar for you as an individual. So you may be someone that only needs seven. You may be someone that needs nine and you may be someone that needs eight or eight and a half. 
Um, so you will have an amount that suits you as an individual and that's what you should get and it would be in, in between that space. But I, I believe less than six is, is when you can start really having uh, problems around that. And for the listeners out there who do struggle with, with sleep, uh, that can be a difficult problem to sort out, but there are lots of levers you can pull and most health coaches are aware of what these are and it's certainly worthwhile um, having a chat to someone if, if you're struggling in that space and see if they can give you some new things to do that might help you out. Right. Mm. Yep. Exercise, everybody's favourite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you think of exercise, Laura? Look. I think that it is it is so important that we keep our bodies moving and, you know, as we age, those needs are still there, but the way that we um, approach them might change. And, um, you know, I think that it's so important that people find what they enjoy doing. Uh, at times I've been a gym junkie and at other times I, I'm not motivated to go to the gym and I might find that yoga or walking or um, swimming are, are better forms of exercise for me. Um, you know, dancing, some people will, will love to do that. So I think as long as we're um, finding that way to be moderately active in terms of, you know, 30 minutes, five times a week, um, that would be a great starting point. But I also think that people who are starting from a very low base and maybe not moving much at all would need to make sure that they get um, approval from, you know, maybe a doctor or someone that is actually across their health um, situation before they jump too heavily into suddenly, uh, you know, running or <laughs> doing mm. something too strenuous. Yeah, and I think too... This is, I think, one of the connections between nutrition and exercise is, is that um, if you're eating poorly and you're exercising, then you're fueling your body with something that's not going to work well for you. So that's something else to think about. I mean, going for a walk is probably something that most people can do. Um, but if you're going to get into the really rigorous stuff, then uh, it's really important to make sure you're fueling your body well and, and getting regular movement because... Um, Going out for half an hour every day is fabulous, but if you're sitting still for the rest of the day, please try and get up every hour or so at least and just walk around and stretch and go back and sit down if that's what you want to do. But movement is so important and the research they've found about the positive impacts of movement and exercise on not just your physical health but your mental health is phenomenal. Uh, it works works so well. So um, please keep it in mind. Please get out there and move. And, uh, yeah, we'll do a full podcast on, on exercise at some stage with probably with the PT that, that we know. Uh, and uh, hopefully that will give you a lot more information. But uh, I love exercise. I've been up and down like Laura in the past. At the moment, I'm on a bit of a, a, a high. I've discovered weights and um, I'm really, really loving it and getting so many benefits that uh, even at my ripe old age of 63, I'm feeling stronger than ever. So, that's yeah, it's awesome. never too late, guys. Never too late. That's fantastic, Annette. And I think <clears throat> that's another really important um, element is that mm. whole, um, you know, the benefit of strength training as we age as well mm. um, and what that can do for our bones and our bodies in general. And the impact on sleep from exercise. You know, you might feel like you're too tired to go out and move. Yeah. Counterintuitive, but, you, you know, you'll get so many benefits from doing it. 
Mm, and I'm willing to state here and now that my pelvic floor is better than it's been in a long time, thanks to lifting weights. So, uh, ladies, if that's a problem for you, maybe you can find someone who can teach you the right form when you're lifting weights. That's important. And as Laura said, also making sure that you've got medical approval if you have any um, um, concerns in that space. It's very important. So stress management. Ah, stress management. Wow. Um, this is, you know, another topic we'll have to cover in full one day. But, um, you know, we, we're so aware now of the impact that stress has and the inflammation that it can cause. Um, and, you know, the result is potentially chronic illness or, um, you know, even, dare I say it, death from, you know, over whelming inflammation in the body and that fight and flight response just being completely um, overwhelming our body and keeping the cortisol pumping through um, just makes such, you know, and has such a negative impact on our health. And so managing that stress is not always easy. We live in a world that's full of stresses and we can't remove a lot of them. So I think it's important that... Um, you know, as health coaches, we can help um, educate and inform um, people in terms of what they can do to to really be reducing those impacts um, of the stress and and therefore managing their hormonal response. And um, yeah, that's a whole lot of things that can be done there, Annette. Absolutely. And please, listeners, don't turn off if you don't like meditation and mindfulness, but those are two <laughs> tools you can use, but they're not the only tools. Um, I do love my meditations, but um, I know people who uh, love just reading a book somewhere or going out and sitting in nature or, um, you know, you, you can improve your mood by smiling because it, it switches on a bunch of hormones. I think that one's an oxytocin one, is it, Laura? I think it's yes, oxytocin. I think so too. Yeah, switches it on. And it, 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 even if it's not a real smile, it just has to be, you know, get those lips going, get those teeth showing. And it's it's a little bit, there's lots of little things you can do. Uh, and that's, again, where a health coach can help you because um, it's anything you can do to move yourself out of that fight, flight, freeze kind of um, the system, the fight, flight, freeze system into the rest and repair system so your body can recover. Um, the more often you can move yourself into that space, the better off your health will be. You do need stress in your life, but it needs to be balanced between those two. And uh, it's really important because most of us these days are spending way too long in the um, sympathetic sympathetic nervous system or the fight, flight, freeze. So more because on that in the chronic, future. Bang. Yes, a chronic situation, <laughs> which also impacts sleep then, Annette. Mm, that's right. Yeah. And then we don't, just, we don't digest properly because when you're in the fight, flight, freeze, you get a 70% increase of blood flow to your arms and your legs and your heart and your lungs. And that comes from, among other places, your digestive tract. So, yeah, as we said earlier, it's all connected. Uh, those pillars, if you move move one away, then um, you're not going to get the best you can out of your health and well-being. Absolutely. Okay, pillar number five, the newbie on the street. Yes, connection, community. Mm. I guess, um, you know, I know we've talked about it before, Annette. It totally makes sense for us that um, it's such an important one. And, uh, you know, we're social beings. 
there are even though we have so many more tools available to us in terms of connecting and and having community it's not necessarily what has resulted from our you know modern way of life and it's the sort of thing that um you know people may really need to focus on in terms of building that for themselves and it, it can look different you know for everyone and uh, again it's really just so key to find the things that really bring you joy in terms of connecting with people and having community and having that sense of contributing as well can be a very big part of that um, yeah sense of well-being. Yes and I, I quite often think of there's a Harvard University did a study uh, over 80 years, uh, started off with a bunch of their students and they followed them and their children and grandchildren over an 80-year period. And one of the things they discovered there that um, being lonely has a bigger impact or a more negative impact on your health than a whole bunch of things. One of them was uh, smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So it's actually worse for your health to smoke, to, sorry, to be lonely than to smoke 15 cigarettes a day. Not to say you should be smoking at all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just to show you the impact that loneliness can have, that lack of connection, where uh, we're beings that sort of developed in tribes and family groups, and um, without that, um, that loss of connection can have a really negative impact on your health and well-being. So that's pillar number five yeah. uh, that we've rushed through nice and quickly. But we <laughs> just wanted to give our listeners a bit of a flavour of the sorts of things that we're trained in some of the background that we have in these these topics and how when we're coaching people, we can um, give them some information if they're looking for it. Uh, and I think we'll probably leave our viewers here, um, Laura, for the, the time being because we're That's trying to great. keep our podcasts at about 20 minutes for you guys um, yeah. and hopefully give you some more information on each of these subjects throughout our podcast series. And would love to get some feedback from you guys too if you want to uh, drop us an email or anything like that. That would be great to hear some of the topics you might like want, it, want us to talk about. Fantastic. Okay, Laura, then I guess we'll catch up next week for our next fortnight for another uh, exciting episode of our podcast. Thank you so much. Brilliant. Great to be here. See you next time. Bye, Annette. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Empowering Wellness today. If you'd like to know more about Annette and Laura, you can find Laura at wellpower1.com.au and Annette at activatingwellness.com.au. This podcast's primary purpose is to educate on how lifestyle has the potential to improve your health. It is general in nature. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health or personal advice. Always seek the guidance of your doctor or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding your health or medical condition.